Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, we've got quite a bit to talk about this week as usual right here on Simply Real Estate. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, I always try to keep up to date, obviously, is where the market is going. I've got some professionals that like to join us, you know, week in, week out, and it's always a real pleasure. And uh, a little bit later on in the hour, I've got Linda Leatherdale. You, uh, you definitely should recognize that name. Linda is, of course, the former financial editor of the Toronto Sun. Uh, also a slew of TV shows, very, very knowledgeable. And she's going to be joining me in the studio here. And we're going to talk a lot about the economy and what we're looking at in the real estate market for 2018. Um, and before I uh, delve into the market, of course, uh, I am your host, Todd C. Slater, and most of you know me from, uh, from hosting here on the show, but I'm also the simple investor, and uh, I'm very proud to say that we've got hundreds and hundreds of people that are investors with us, and fortunately, they, uh, they've been able to realize, you know, what investment can actually, real estate investment can actually do for your future over the last uh, eight to 10 years, and uh, it's amazing. You know, when I look back at how long we've been doing this and how many properties we are now managing for our investors, it's it's just, it makes me feel great that so many people are taking advantage of it. But if you don't know anything about us, make sure you go to thesimpleinvestor.com. You can find out more about what we can do for you as a real estate investor. And uh, we've got uh, got a new release coming up. That's right. Everybody's been waiting on the fence. I know a lot of people were hoping that we are going to have it this fall, but it looks like we are going to be releasing it very shortly. So if, you, uh, if you're on our list, you'll be getting an email shortly. If you're not on our list to find out about our latest uh, release, make sure, again, you go to thesimpleinvestor.com and make sure you register so you can get all our updates. And speaking of updates... I was on with Jerry Agar this week, and always a pleasure to be on his show. By the way, he's every morning 9 to 12 during the week. And uh, Jerry asked me a really interesting question, because we're talking about rental properties, we're talking about condominiums, we're talking about, you know, he, he, it's, it's always great. We have a, a great banter going on. But one of the things he asked me is he said, hey, Todd, would you buy a brand new condo in Toronto? And I said, hell no. Um, and I, ha I want to kind of expand on that. One of the reasons why uh, I would not buy a brand new condo today as an investment in Toronto is one of my greatest concerns are the condominium fees. And right now, a lot of these brand new developers, and I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody, but the truth is, is a lot of the developers, they set a pretty low condominium fee out of the gate. And in a couple of years, it jumps up, goes through the roof, and ultimately in the end you know two three years from the time you actually take possession of this property your condominium fees could double that's right you got to start thinking about what's happening to you when you start seeing these things double i mean you know three up to six hundred you know it's a pretty big jump and how are you fit for cash flow especially when we've got a interest market that is kind of bouncing around a little you know we're going to see maybe another interest rate hike uh, again, the government is not doing anybody any favors now with the new stress tests. It's making it a little bit more difficult. And uh, so I just, uh, I, I just thought I'd you know, explain myself a little bit better because it's not that I don't believe that these buildings are really nice and that some of the values will go up. But if you're buying something brand new in today's market, one of my investors had called and asked me about this and he said, hey, Todd, I was thinking of buying a brand new one. And when I worked out the numbers backwards, he was losing $600 a month. And when we start talking about losing money, you know, even though they, they were maximizing the rental number, the actual 
you know, price per month you're getting. The negative cash flow, I'm not a fan of. And you know what? I, uh, I have to tell you, I just think that makes you a speculator, not an investor. Anyways, that's my take on it always. And, uh, you know, I'd rather share that with everybody to uh, kind of give you a little bit, you know, forewarning of what, about what's going out there. Also, uh, with the latest rules, so everybody's aware that when, uh, when your mortgage comes up for renewal, if you're not signing up with your current lender and you go outside to another lender, you now have to qualify at the higher rate instead of just doing a rollover. So in other words, just renewing the mortgage. If you go out and let's say you're with one of the major banks, A, and you decide that you're going to shop the rate and go to major bank B, uh, that's now deemed to be a new mortgage. Uh, you have to take a look at your qualifications. So folks, you may be sticking with your lenders, and if they're able to offer you some good rates, make sure you lock it in. We might have a bit of a bumpy ride for the next couple of years, and I'm kind of looking at interest rates uh, with a little bit of concern. Not that I think it's going to price everybody out of the market, but it's just everybody that has maxed out their ability. They need to be a little bit more concerned. If, you know, if we see a half a point to a point increase on your mortgage rate, it's going to make it a little bit tougher. So just uh, some friendly advice. And um, I, want to, uh, I want to thank the people that uh, had sent me some letters. Uh, last week I'd opened up and said, hey, listen, if you have a question you would like me to perhaps answer on air, go to, to go to uh, you can just uh, either go to the website, thesimpleinvestor.com, or you can email me directly, Todd, T-O-D-D, at thesimpleinvestor.com. And um, I actually received uh, an interesting and very timely uh, request from uh, one of our listeners. And I thought I would share it with you today because to me, this couldn't have been at a better time. And so it is from, and I'll, I won't use his last name because I don't want to, uh, you know, have him inundated with questions. But uh, John H., thank you so much for uh, sending me your, uh, your email. And uh, basically what your question, and, and I'll, I'll surmise, you know, shorten a little. What is your advice on enforcement of not allowing tenants to smoke marijuana in rental properties and can property management companies enforce a provision against it with the upcoming legalization? You know what, John, that could not be a better timed question right now. The truth is nobody has an answer. The government, uh, they, they, you know what, they're again, stepping on it as they always do, you know, what's on their shoes. And the, uh, the Landlord Tenant Board has not made any formal ruling on this, but right now it is illegal to smoke marijuana. So unless, of course, you've got a, uh, uh, it's a, med a medical situation, so you actually have a prescription for it. So we have to analyze this and say, okay, what as a landlord can you do? Well, today it's very simple. It's legal. The uh, the police can be brought in. This can break a lease because they're now doing something illegal. Uh, and so you can actually break a lease for the activity of that, if you wish. You can give them a stern warning and maybe they stop, maybe they don't. But if it continues on. But one of the things that people are now looking at, and they're not sure if it's going to be enforceable, there actually is uh, section 64 of the act, which prevents, uh, prohibits a tenant from interfering with the reasonable enjoyment of other tenants or the landlord. So this is where the Residential Tenancy Act is going to have to make a ruling, is that once it gets legalized, 
you know, it, they're, they're saying that it's going to have the same rules and regulations as cigarette smoking. So in other words, you can only do it so close to a building. There's definitely non-smoking areas altogether. But does that mean that uh, you can say this is a non-smoking building? Well, if we're talking about apartment title, which means that it's not a condominium, it means that there's one owner for all of the units. So if you're renting an apartment title unit right now, you cannot use the condominium act. Now, the thing that I want for everybody to understand is that you, if you all have condominiums, meaning that you own your individual title, you can actually put it in your rules and regulations of your condominium, you can actually put in that there is no smoking in certain areas. So you can actually now start to control it. Same reason why you, in condominiums you can turn around and say, sorry, we don't want pets. Well, technically you cannot say that if you are in an apartment, but the Condominium Act will supersede the, um, the human's rights and you can actually turn around in a condominium and say, we have a non-pet policy in a condominium. Again, if you're part of a board or you want to make a suggestion, if you live in a condominium, you could try to fight this one, but you'd have to make the building non-smoking altogether. And again, for people to say you can't smoke inside your unit, unless it's having an adverse effect on your neighbors or something else, it's really hard for this one to fight. And so we're going to, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, well, it's... <laughs> I'm not sure how I want to put this nicely on air, but it's going to be a real mess that people are going to be stepping in for a little while. The government, I don't think, has any idea what they need to do here. And uh, quite frankly, I think it's going to create a real problem for both landlords, tenants, neighbors, you know, people that are smoking it. Uh, I think that's going to create a, quite a mess. And it'll be interesting to see what they plan on doing in the near future. Um, a lot of things going on in the news, though. Of course, there's a few people that, you know, they bought, they feel they overpaid, they're trying to back out of the deals. Folks, if you have a firm offer in and you've given your deposit, unless something happens to the property or you've been duped by some reason or something illegal has happened, you need to close the property. Just saying, oh no, price has gone down, I'm walking away from this deal, not going to happen. Lots of people have felt this. And uh, unfortunately, um, normally it's the purchaser who loses out. You will lose your deposit at the same time if it costs them uh, any money to fight you in court. You're going to lose that cost as well. So keep that in mind. When you firm up a deal, when you're in a real estate transaction, be well aware. Once it is a firm deal, unless something illegal has happened, it's all that is going to be very reasonable. A um, couple other hot topics in the news. Again, Canadian real estate prices are fastest falling in the world, according to the U.S. Fed. Interesting. I, uh, I don't agree with that, but I'm not sure where their numbers are coming from. And of course, Treb is forecasting that we're going to have a very volatile market this year. Well, I think the volatility will be that we're going to see a large downturn year over year, January, February, March, and uh, April. And then we're going to start seeing it stabilize come around June. And that's going to be the important part. It's going to be June through till December is what's really going to tell us the tale of this marketplace. So, yep, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride. If you did buy last year in March, got to hang on. Your number's going to get a little upsetting. So keep that in mind. So um, when I come back, we're going to go to a quick break. When I come back, I've got more. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. 
And welcome back. Um, you know what? My next guest, uh, he is no stranger to the show, of course. It's Mr. Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. You'll hear the commercials, but more importantly, you hear his voice right here at Simply Real Estate on a regular basis. He's kind of my go-to guy to have the honest poop in about mortgages. Dave, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Todd. I really appreciate it. Always good to have you on. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on right now. You know, we've uh, we've cruised through the month of January. We're here at the beginning of February. Can you, do you have a sense about how the market's starting to shake up for the first of the year? Uh, surprisingly enough, volume seems pretty high still. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, it went amongst the group that we work with and yourself, we're still finding volume very high um, for February at least. So I think we could still be running pretty hot going into the spring. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that could change that. Um, but obviously, more importantly, we've seen. Uh, We've seen some some rate increases, uh, variable and fixed, and we've still it hasn't seemed to put much of a damper. It's not scaring anyone so far, so that's interesting. Well, you know, Dave, you probably had some carryover from 2017, I'm sure, but you know, as we as we venture into 2018 a little bit deeper, um, are are you finding people kind of pulling back a little because of the new offsy rule that says it's a stress test for a five year fixed? Yeah, you know it's. There's, there's, there's some fear on it, but then we've also got a lot of people rushing in, in the in, kind of hoping that they can still get their approval in before rates continue to move up. Um, so I mean, I think it, I think you're getting a, a definitely a, a last little push here, uh, and then I think obviously come March and April, I think that's really going to be the biggest indicator as to how this year is going to run out. You know, you and I have had conversations over the le- over the last few years. Whenever we started facing a spring market, you know, we watched all the big the, the big banks. They normally would increase their rates. You know, just kind of cruising through the Christmas season and then in, right into the new year. But then we started seeing a lot of discounting, uh, and and I don't mean discounting in a in, you know perhaps in an astronomical number, but you know they start shaving off you know ten basis points, twenty basis points. Do you think we're going to see some competition this spring from from the bigger banks because you know they, they've done nothing but put pressure to go up do you think they're actually going to start saying hey listen we still need a, a, a percentage of that spring market yeah you know it's really interesting that we're talking about this because i was on the phone with a, a major bank executive yesterday and one of the questions they were asking me was how can they the big banks how can they penetrate the insured mortgage market so that's for any mortgages where the client is applying at less than 20% down payment. And that really that really interested me because I haven't had a phone call like that in many, many years. Um, so that, that, that's got me thinking that the banks are definitely going to come out guns a-blazing in the spring, and I think they're even going to try to take a little bit of market share back from some of the smaller lenders who seem to be dominating that insured mortgage space. You know, it was interesting because, you know, you and I watched this whole thing, uh, you know, develop over the last 12 months when we start, first started hearing about the stress test. You know, we knew the Bank of Canada was going to start bouncing us around a little. You know, the, the, the fair housing, you know, that got uh, implemented back in the spring. We watched the market, you know, kind of shift, obviously. We still hear multiple offers. And, you know, this past week even, you know, down in the beach as we watch something go, you know, well, you know, well into a record price, multiple offers. Um, it's interesting. Are, are you seeing some of these pockets where people are still saying, listen, I'm, I'm going into the hot pocket. Can I be qualified to do it? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it actually, believe it or not, it started, and we kind of expected it. It, we, it started back in December. Well, and we kind of all thought, hey, this is the rush. We're seeing a couple bidding wars again, so we're seeing the kind of rush before the rule changes. And oddly enough, you're, you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, there have been some segments and some pockets there in different areas where we have had clients calling us saying, hey, I need to remove my financing condition because I'm going in a bidding war with three or four other people. And certainly it's, it's, it's interesting to still hear that. We thought that we may you know, kind of hear the end of that once the new rule changes kicked in, but there definitely seems to be some, some demand still kicking around. So. Yeah. You know, so um, a couple of things, just for clarity for our listeners, I know that a lot of times banks nowadays, you know, they'll send you a renewal notice, you know, a few months out, they want you to commit. But with the new with the new change um, for Offsy, when you start switching lenders, now you have to qualify at the higher rate. Are, do, do you think this is going to keep people staying put longer than not? Definitely. There's going to have an effect there. I mean, uh, I, I've even spoken to some clients recently where, uh, the bank was offering them a pretty healthy renewal rate. There was a slightly better rate out there, uh, but then when it came to qualifying for the new mortgage under the stress test rules, um, we looked, it looked like we were going to have some issues. So we've actually had several clients where we've just kind of recommended that they renew with the existing lender based on the fact that they may not requalify. Uh, the good news is, of course, if you're paying your mortgage, the existing lender is definitely going to offer you a renewal. Um, and as you're as you as you're, you're mentioning, there's a lot of they're they're really coming out guns a blazing with these early renewals. I mean, I've had several calls from clients in the last couple of weeks where the bank's already getting to them six seven months before their renewal. Uh, so that's very interesting. They seem to be really chasing that down. Um, but overall, I definitely I definitely think uh, I definitely think the rule changes are having an effect. Probably more so almost on the refinance than the renewal stuff. Believe it or not. Yeah, so so Dave, just for clarity for our listeners' sake, do they still have the ability though to get lines of credit on their property without having to uh, you know go to a stress test on a line of credit? No, I mean unless you have some type of built-in line of credit that you have an access, and then you're able to go to the bank and get access to that because it's already registered to the property. Otherwise, no, you will have to requalify to be able to get a home equity line of credit attached to that property. Wow. So th- this is one of the things that for a lot of people, because, you know, we, we're, we're, we're hearing a lot from the uh, from the building industry, you know, renovations probably going to be 2018 may be a big year for people that are going to be renovating. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing the same thing. And I mean, as, as you're kind of pointing out, these home equity line of credit for most homeowners is like having an extra arm or a leg so i mean for to, to have to be able to possibly not be able to get that when you were in the midst of kind of a renovation and a construction phase um it's you know it certainly could put a bit of a damper on that um but at the end of the day i mean the one thing i will say is that the banks are definitely well from what i can tell the banks are trying to put in an effort i've seen them uh, allowing higher tds ratios than normal um obviously it's a case-by-case basis but I've seen them start to allow much higher TDS ratios. Um, that's obviously only for conventional mortgage where there's at least 20% equity or 20% down payment. But we're seeing the banks trying to mitigate themselves around these rule changes. Doesn't mean it's going to happen every time, but we're definitely seeing, seeing something that we haven't seen for quite a while, which is they're definitely making a play. They're definitely trying to allow some higher ratios and using a little bit more common sense now that they're faced with these changes. 
Excellent. Well, Dave, always a pleasure to have you on the show. And of course, uh, do you want to let our listeners know how they can reach you? Yeah, thank you, Todd. Anyone can get a hold of us at Butler Mortgage at one 684 8326. And of course, we have our website at butlermortgage.ca. Excellent. Well, Dave, always a pleasure. And thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks again, Todd. I really appreciate it. Take care. Thanks so much. That was Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. When I come back, I've got Linda Leatherdale. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Uh, always a pleasure to have Dave Butler on with me. And, um, you know, talking mortgages is always a pleasure. And he's got such great insight. But speaking of insight, you know, I have a special guest joining me now in the studio. And I'm so pleased to have her here because for those of you that have lived in the GTA or I'll just say Canada, <laughs> you know, you're going to remember her name very, very distinctly. It's Linda Leatherdale. That's right, former financial editor of the Toronto Sun, as well, host of the popular Moneyline TV show and Linda's Money Show. And Linda, thank you so much for joining me. Todd, this is a real pleasure. Thank you. You know, it's amazing because for years and years and years, I would always read your columns. I've seen your shows. You know, it's, you know, it's just been a, uh, an amazing career that you have. Now, uh, before, we, before you and I delve into my favorite topic, real estate, maybe you can tell our listeners, you know, what you're up to now and, and you know, where we can see more of you. Okay, well, believe it or not, I am Vice President of Marketing and Business Development for a privately held family-owned business out of Minnesota called Cambria. Okay. So we're still really in the real estate market when you consider we manufacture beautiful natural quartz, countertops, surfaces. Uh, certainly, I'm right in the design world, but I got to tell you, this company rocks. And uh, <laughs> the reason why I'm with this company is because of my good friend and my daughter's godfather, uh, Rompin' Ronnie Hawkins, who's a brand advocate for us. Wow. So yeah, so this uh, company started in 2000. We're now North American wide. We are exporting our product to other parts of the world, and our quartz comes from a mine in Canada. Wow. So we're making North America great. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know that's that's wonderful to hear, and and it's funny because you're you, but you're still you are still uh, having some shows. I, yes. You were just you know we were just talking you know off air. Uh, you're you're working on some more segments. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what yep. uh, what to expect? The the Linda Leatherdale Money Show. It aired yep. on CHCH on TV and Bloomberg, but yep. Bloomberg anyway. Yep. So we hope that that will move forward. Um, and I also do radio shows regularly. I still write for the Toronto Sun in the real estate section. Yep. Uh, Totally involved. And as you know, Todd, real estate like you is one of my favorite topics. Well, you know, it gets in your core. And I think I think probably from day one, you've had it that way. You know, you've been able to see so many marketplaces. And I do want to get your perspective on the marketplace that, you know, we just came through also a little bit of the future market, because I got to tell you, um, I've been, you know, I've been playing in the real estate world, uh, you know, uh, even before the recession, let's say, or the crash of 8990. Mm -hmm. Okay, so back in the mid 80s oh, yeah. is when I started working in, in, in the real estate field. And, you know, we watched, you know, this, this, and it, it was a pretty crazy run up. You know, everybody, you know, if you remember 8990, that I was, do. you know, people. I'm people, dating myself, Todd. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, so am I. <laughs> but, you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, we saw this craziness. And I would say this time last year, mm -hmm. you know, kind of felt like we were in that same 
unstable place. Can can you tell me how you feel about 2017 before we talk about 2018? Okay, absolutely. But let me just go back to the area you just talked about. And I'm going to say I was one of the few journalists to call that crash. Right. 6% of renters could afford to get into the market then in the GTA. Sure. Uh, and so, it, you know, it was, it was a no-brainer. I also want to tell your listeners, be careful who you listen to for advice. There were gurus out there who, as the market, you know, right back said, get all your money out of your RSPs, any investment, um, I'm sorry, get your money out of real estate right, as yeah. the market fell to 1996, big deflationary sure. down, and put it into RSPs, mutual funds, and everything else. Well, that was ridiculous. Yeah. The last time we saw a deflationary spiral like that was 1996. Our market has been on the longest running bull market that I and you sure. can never remember. Yeah. So we have the gurus out there, the economist and others saying, you know, come on, Canada's ripe for a downfall. We've seen it happen globally in other markets, particularly the United States when the subprime meltdown happened. Sure. But there's different dynamics in force here now, Todd. And our government is behind on this because they were not recording the investments that were coming in offshore. And we right. all know it, particularly the Chinese, but India, other areas of the world. They have found our real estate market very solid, very affordable, sure. and they have been picking it up. So this one, I would say, yeah, because I think a lot of our young children are, well, they're going to be shut out. They're already shut out of Toronto. They're shut out of Vancouver. Right. But they can't afford, and if they can't afford, then that should call a crash. But there's a different dynamic at play, and we now are a global, international, rock star well, Toronto. Well, yeah, especially the GTA. I mean, you know, we are a world-class city. There's we no have. question. And, and you know, depending on where, where you look at the list, you know, we're in the top seven mm -hmm. cities around the world. And yet if you compare us, uh, you know, cost efficiencies uh, in comparison to some of these other markets, we're still very affordable, which makes us very attractive. Yes. And, you know, now with the Trump administration, you know, kind of wavering on immigration, you know, Canada looks like even a better place to go. <laughs> this is going to push more people in and push a, a people out of the market and I just want to make this comment you and I were chatting before the show and uh, I am so worried about our young kids who, who who cannot get into the market now particularly in this so let me just say kudos to you that you're looking at other areas around the province sure. um, now that could be uh, an investor but yep. here's a message to our politicians, and Lord knows Ontario was in a real mess as we go to this election. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. But anyway, um, but if a leader really wanted to win, why are they not looking at affordability for our young kids? Why are they not looking at economic growth in the outside areas? Kitchener-Waterloo is doing great with high tech. Yep. I have heard, and I've talked to some of our friends, our well, Linda, we can't go into like... Aurelia, my hometown, because the infrastructure is going to cost too much. What they don't get is that if they do invest, sure. then they have more tax dollars and they're, they're going to be able to afford the infrastructure and we're going to be doing our children a big favor, not having to be on the QEW or the 401 driving to work. Well, you know, it's funny because I, and, and I like your comment about that, you know, talking about, let's say, Aurelia. I mean, do you remember Barry back, you know, 25 years ago? Everybody oh, yeah. said, well, you're going to drive to Barry? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, and now you see the growth of Barry. I yeah. mean, if we even really want to date ourselves even further, let's go back 45 years and this little town or was called Mississauga. Oh, yes. Okay. And you know what? So people have to understand that as, as the actual GTA itself continues to grow, the outskirts are what's going to stabilize. Mm -hmm. the, the the people that have properties you, you touched on something though I do I, I do want to say that I kind of, I kind of uh, vet a spleen once in a while because 
Uh, when we talk about the youth and, you know, we're talking about, most of them are looking at the brand new condos. Instead of looking at some of the older stuff, you know, like when you and I probably started out buying properties, it had shag rug, you had to rip everything <laughs> out, you had to take off the wallpaper, right? All right. Okay, so so it, it was a lot of elbow grease going into it. Yes. And unfortunately now, and, and again, I don't know if it's just the generation, but they want everything fit, finished, and done, the, the shiny penny. And yet, I, you know, I'm keeping my eye on the markets. I still see some things that are affordable, but they need some work. Yeah. What do you think? It, 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 have, have we raised? Have we raised a standard that you know is almost not achievable? Okay. Well, I think we've spoiled our kids. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I wrote a book called Money. Mine's is only a eight, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a book, Money is a Girl's Best Friend, and that was giving advice to women. And sure. real estate was a big part of that. I started writing a book called Money is a Kid's Best Friend. My own daughter got sick with cancer. She's doing great. Good. Ronnie Hawkins wrote a song for her. We got through it all. But having said that. That book should, needs to come out because I think parents that had to, as you said, put some elbow grease into something, sure. scrimp and save to invest. Gone are the days when I didn't even get a winter coat if I didn't put it down and I didn't get that coat till it was paid for. Sure. Now our kids expect everything, including that condo with the quartz countertops, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with it all. Sure. And you know what? There is nothing wrong. My brother has been in the real estate business forever up in Aurelia, mm -hmm. and they find some gems, some gems that yeah. are older, put some elbow grease into it. Yeah. You can build equity. Build yeah. equity. And yeah. here's another thing. You mentioned something, and I agree with you, real estate speculators or real estate investors. If you're going to speculate, you could get burnt big time, particularly yep. if you listen to some of these gurus who want to take your money. But if you're going to be into it, and I say this about investing in the stock market too, it's, um, it's time in the market, not market timing. And, yep. you know, you really got to get to it. But our kids, yes. You can't have it all. You gotta work for it, okay? <laughs> Put money in the bank. And here's something else I wanna say, RRSPs. I hear so many even today. Well, I gotta put money in my RRSPs first before I, I buy a home and I never will buy a home. Well, no, we have the home buyer's plan. Sure. And I fought for that, Todd. You may not know that because yep. I got burnt. So here, so tell parents, tell your kids, Put the money in the RRSP. You're able to withdraw from it tax-free for yep. a down payment for a home. And there's other ways that you can make the magic happen. Well, speaking of magic, you know, this has been magical so far. And you and I have to go to a quick break. But when I come back, folks, you're going to want to stay tuned. This is Linda Leatherdale at her best. i got to tell you, it's a real pleasure having her here. And so stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Um, folks, if you're just tuning in right now, um, I'm going to ask you, make sure you go to News Talk 1010's website, click on Simply Real Estate, go to my SoundCloud account, and make sure you rewind and listen to my current guest. It's Linda Leatherdale. That's right. She is joining me right now. She's the former financial editor at the Toronto Sun. You know her. You've seen lots of articles and TV shows with her, and um, you, d you don't want to miss that first segment. So, uh, Linda, just before the break, you and I were having a great chat. We are talking about, obviously, expectations <laughs> of people. And, you know, one of the expectations that uh, we are now facing, and, and it's a huge change, and it's amazing, you know, we, we, you and I kind of went down memory lane talking about the 80s. And, you know, the one thing that a lot of people that have never experienced this was the 14 to 20% interest rates. Oh, my goodness. Okay, and I want to talk to you about debt because this is right up your alley. Now, over the last few years, we've been spoiled, you know, exceptionally spoiled. You know, the Bank of Canada obviously was throwing some incentives into the marketplace, keeping the rates nice and low. 
Uh, over the last uh, eight months, we've seen three increases, quarter of a point each time. You know, we've got the new rules of offs fee. So they've come out and they're saying, hey, listen, stress test, you got to qualify for higher rates. Uh, we are now in a position where, you know, for some people, they've never seen anything like this. You know, you hear, you hear it, and it's kind of funny because, you know, we had Dave Butler on a little bit earlier, and, you know, I know that if given the chance, Dave can get you a five-year mortgage for 3.6% today, which to you and I would have been free money 20 years ago. Oh so let's talk about debt because this is this is the one thing, you know, the government's kind of getting involved, but I don't think they're doing a great job of it. Well, hey, I say that all the time, you know, and that's why our governments are in record debt as well. But when you look at the consumer, and this has been um, a big beef of mine for many years, way back to the Toronto Sun, and I kept on sounding the alarm bells over this, but where's our debt load now? $2 trillion mm -hmm. uh, on a per capita basis. A lot of people owe more than their income coming in. Um, so a couple rate increases could really push them over the edge. Uh, you said something too, they want everything. So they were willing you know, to have that million dollar mansion mm -hmm. and really stretch it with a couple of kids. And if one or the other loses a job, they again are in big trouble. Big trouble, yeah. Here's the other thing. They, money was cheap, you're right. So where are we, 0.5% for the Bank of Canada rate. We've seen these increases, we've yep. seen the reports. This could push a lot of people over the edge as they may go higher. We're seeing a good, robust US economy. We're saying the same thing here. We believe that there will be more rate hikes. Message to kids, be careful. Start paying down your debt. And here's the other thing that irks me. When the Bank of Canada rate was so low, where were these credit card rates? They were going higher, higher, higher. Sure. I will mention his name, my predecessor, uh, Garth Turner, and I fought <laughs> in Ottawa for a cap on these credit card rates. It's only gotten worse. And now we have payday loans, and we've got a lot of people that are very, very struggling with this debt load. You know, I, I, and, and not to slight, because I, you know, I, I enjoy Starbucks, but you know, I, think, I don't think that your certain age group should be you know, saying, okay, they're living on Starbucks, they're living on you know, restaurants, they're living on this. It just seems like in certain, in certain areas, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners are getting tired of me you know, kind of tuning <laughs> this horn, but yeah. it's like, you know, it's that expectation. What do you truly want out of life? And, you know, there was an interesting article this past week that some people said, and I was on with Jerry Agar, we had this discussion, mm -hmm that some people will become lifetime renters. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, providing they don't, again, take on too much debt, yeah. you know, they keep an eye on their credit cards, and they're doing proper safe investments for their future. This is, again, right up your alley. If, if people aren't investing in real estate, what are your suggestions? Because, you know, we, we've, we've watched s cyclical markets, you know, rip people apart, and sometimes they go against the cycle. You know, as you said, these gurus, they hop up and go, oh, no, get rid of your real estate. They shouldn't have, they but they did. They shouldn't have, but they did, and yeah. people did. And then let's not forget, even seniors are being burnt today and yeah. being led down by, by scam artists, which I do say. Now, I have financial advisors, and i got to tell you, I was the one in Canada who called for the subprime meltdown. Right. I sat with a bank chairman, my guy, the longest-serving um, broker on Bay Street who I love, and they all called me an idiot because I was taking all my money out and I was putting into guaranteed investment uh, certificates, trying right. to play it safe. Sure. Do I play it too safe? Yes, Todd, I do, because these interest rates have killed me, sure. and that's what's killed seniors as well. Right. So you've got to have an advisor, if you use one that you trust. Mm -hmm. Do not go for any pipe dream, and diversify. And I still believe real estate is a great investment for anybody. 
will they be renters forever? Well, that's, but maybe they'll take your advice and look at some of these opportunities outside and invest in something and have a good renter, long-term hopefully, that's putting money into their pocket. And let's go back to the credit cards. When you don't pay that off, sure. the banks and the credit card companies are getting rich and you're getting poor and too many young people out there buying that Starbucks on a credit card has no idea and they never will ever pay it off. Come on, guys, have a reality <laughs> check. Everybody, you can make that dream come true. You gotta sit down, you gotta have a roadmap, and you have to know the numbers. Calculate them, I keep on telling my own children, calculate it. Yeah, well, you know, and that's the thing, some people are just scared of the numbers because then the truth slaps them in the face. Of course. And yeah. that's what numbers are. You know, numbers don't lie. And, you know, I have this uh, chat with my, my wife all the time where I, I, I'll sit there and tell her, listen, I agree, you know, people should be, you know, people don't wanna own their home they, they can rent, but they should have real estate investments somewhere. And the idea here is that, listen, a tenant can pay down your debt. And if you are a real estate investor, not speculator, then you are creating a larger asset as time goes on. Again, as, as you, you know, have, will always profess is banks like assets. They like the fact that you have security, stability. People, you know, it gives them better rates when well, you have more abilities. Absolutely. And think about this. Maybe this kid wants to start his own business at some point in time and he has this chunk of an, an asset that banks are going to look at. Sure. You know, you can put together a business plan, but unless you've got some of your own love money into this, <laughs> you know, I, I, so I'm just saying, yes, and be strategic. It's so easy, but everybody gets caught up a day to day on the old treadmill and yep. they're allowing their finances to get out of control. So, you know, we had uh, we had a real interesting market. Of course, the provincial government got uh, decided to intervene um, this past spring in 2017. Um, you know, I, I, I think they overdid it. I, I really do. It, it, introducing the new rent control, I think, was a, a mistake for the fact that they didn't give a proviso to the builders or the developers said, forget it, we're not making purpose-built apartments. They came, they, they, they were there. They had, you know, they had agreements. They were going to build this stuff, and they said, forget it. And they turn around, they've now turned around, they're going to go condo, or they've just walked away from these projects. Do you think the government should intervene on this? Because this is our inventory issue. We've got a major uh, inventory you issue. You know, <laughs> this has been going on and on and on, this rent control. And you're right. You know, developers are not our enemies. They are our friends. And sure. in fact, I just sat at the table with one yesterday who's doing uh, developments for seniors, realizing that, of course, there, there's young people who need it. And these are all the big bad guys. No. And to slap rent controls or for municipalities, and I'm not going to name one, but boy, there's a couple in Ontario who they just do everything to stop development. You're hurting yourselves. You're 100%. hurting the seniors. You're hurting the young people. We need affordable housing. Yep. And again, I say, and I, don't, I want everyone to listen to me. If you're smart, work on some policies that allow us to develop other parts of this province where we can have the white picket fence, mommy and daddy come home, they go to work five minutes away and they're not stressed out about getting their kids from daycare. Come on, guys, we can have a better world. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've had a lot of developers come on the show and they've told me, listen, there's a lot of great pockets in Ontario. There's a lot of area that can be developed. But unfortunately, as you said, the municipalities are, you know, they're axing it. They're not giving anybody incentives. They're not encouraging the development. I mean, this is the thing, you know, people have to realize that we need cooperation from all areas of government, not just, we can't just blame one, but I, I, I got to tell you, I want to blame them all. 
<laughs> well, again, I, I look at their numbers. Their numbers aren't that great. But let's just talk about that. The city of Hamilton has been unbelievable. Their city forefathers or mothers, because come on. Yeah, of course. Of yeah, there we the, go. <laughs> yeah, um, they realized that they could revitalize Hamilton and make it a great place. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of people moving out of Toronto. Big difference. Restaurant owners. I know oh, because some of them amazing. have used Cambria in their restaurants. Sure. But it's really taken off. Kitchener, I've met the mayor. They are looking at the high-tech hub, and I know to John Tory, the mayor of Toronto, talks about this too. But this is a great opportunity. And so, but what I did here, because we're supporting, we're supporting the Rotary Dream Home in uh, Kitchener to raise money for the Conestoga Hospital. People are actually buying a home now in Kitchener and driving all the way to downtown Toronto. Again, I, I understand the affordability issue. Please think about your kids. Please think about your family. And we, so then government, come on, guys, get off of it. Let's help these people that they can have real meaningful jobs. So yeehaw to the mayor of Kitchener with the high-tech jobs that are going to that city. That's yeah. what we need. Yeah, and that's good, that's good to see. Um, quickly, what do you think? 2018, if you had a crystal ball 12 months from now, Where's the real estate market going to be? You know, I talked, I have a lot of friends in real estate, and they said, oh, you know, and outside of Toronto, it's, ooh, going down, right. you know, and they, that whole, but come on, we were into a little bit of a speculative bubble, big yep. time, sure. you know, and so we needed the cooling off. Do I see a crash? No. I have friends that are young, and they say, well, please, Linda, tell me there's going to be a huge <laughs> fall, and I can yeah, afford they, to get yeah, into the Yeah, they want the affordability back, yeah. They want affordability back, and so do I. But I'm going to tell you that as long as we are seen as a safe haven around the world, and unless, you know, Justin Trudeau says no more immigration, like Donald Trump coming in, sure. you know, people are going to flock to Canada. We are a safe haven. We're one of the gr we are the greatest country in the world, I have to say that. So and it, it, it remains an inventory problem. Yes, this is does. the thing. We don't have the inventory for the number of people that, that require. Exactly. Exactly. So politicians, wake up. Don't <laughs> hamstring our developers. Work with them and work with giving us affordable and a lot of access to housing. We need it from all spectrums, from all income levels. And come on, everybody wants the dream. And that's why I love Canada. The dream of home ownership has always been alive here. Let's keep it alive. Wow. Listen, Linda, this has been an amazing pleasure. I have to tell you, I, I just, I'm, I'm very honored that you came on and, uh, and came to the studio with me today. Um, best way for our, our listeners to reach you? Well, you know what? Um, <laughs> Linda at lindaleatherdale.com. Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn and you can find my Cambria information. And believe me, if you email me, I will answer you. Excellent. Listen, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Todd. So folks, that was it. Wow. What a, what a great time. And I want to thank Dave Butler again uh, for joining me. And of course, I want to thank you for tuning in this week. Ian Grant, thanks for making it simple as you do every single week. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.